there's a lot of people that are suffering right now in life and in their, you know, just different ways. That people are, you know, they're either fighting uh, an illness or they're they're fighting, uh, you know, some kind of uh, financial downturn. Folks that are their businesses are shut down or whatever. It's really a trying time in our nation that nobody saw coming. I think, and uh, so we pray for them, and uh, you know, God is God. But uh, at the same time, we also need to rejoice for our blessings that we have. And so if we have a place to live and we have, uh, you know, we have a roof over our head and and that kind of thing, um, then uh, we need to be grateful. (laughs) That's what I'm I'm just talking about, gratitude, really. And it's easy just to take those things for granted when there's people that uh, don't know what they're going to do from one day to the next. Uh, brings up a, a great topic for our sermon today is, uh, I just wanted to show you this in the Word. I know you know it. Preach, the trouble with preaching in a church like this is you're always preaching to the choir. You, you know you've got agreement whether before you start, so that's nice. It's encouraging. And uh, But I want to preach this message, God wants to bless you. You know, sometimes we, I know that's such a simple title. Uh, I don't, I don't have Greek and Hebrew for that title. It's, it's an English title. <laughs> God wants to bless you. You know, sometimes, uh, the most simple thought can be so powerful. And actually can, it's the simple thoughts that end up being controversial. Because, uh, religion doesn't want the things of God, or we could say theology. Uh, they don't want theology to be simple. They don't want it to be where just, you know, everybody can get it. It's got to be dark and shrouded in mystery and, you know, whatever. And only the smart ones can really understand it. And they can understand it so much they can't even explain it. And uh, I'm telling you, you'd be surprised at the number of seminary students that come out, that go in believing in God, and that's why they're in seminary, because they want to be trained. They want to be a minister. They come out of seminary at least, if, if at the very least, doubting their, their, their faith and sometimes denouncing it altogether. There are, there are pastors in churches who have privately said that they're basically an atheist or an agnostic from what they learned in seminary. Now, folks, something's off with that. <laughs> that'd be like a doctor going through all of his training and coming out and said, I don't believe in science or medicine. Well, then he should, he's in the wrong profession, isn't he? So, you know, thank God, we, the Word of God causes faith to continue in our hearts. That's why we need to be people of the Word. Uh, that's why we need to, to stand on the Word and understand what it says. But anyway, I said all that to say that you know, you make a simple statement like God wants to bless you. Oral Roberts used to uh, preach God is a good God. And he had preachers, Pentecostal preachers, who said to him, I wish you wouldn't say that. And he says, well, isn't God good? And yeah, but I wish you wouldn't say that. It leaves the impression that he always wants to bless you. Well, he does. And I've got scripture to prove it, all right? So don't take my word for it. And like I've told people for years, if you don't like that part, I guess just rip it out. Uh, you, be, you have to be a little careful. Uh, this uh, story of the little girl that was going to church, she'd started her, uh, like she's about nine years old, something like that, and she'd started going with her family faithfully to church. And the pastor was at the back door after the service, you know, shaking hands and greeting people and and she went out that door, and uh, she'd been going to church there about a year, and uh, listening, and was there every Sunday, faithful, this little girl. And she had her Bible. And so uh, the pastor said, honey, you've, you, you've dropped, your binding has come loose, and you've dropped the pages out of your Bible. It's, it's just the flappers. All you've got is a leather flap. She said, oh, no, sir, I didn't, I didn't drop it. 
He said, well, yeah, I got the flap. She said, no, I ripped them out. Well, he gasped, being a man of the cloth, and said, oh, honey, why would you rip the Bible pages out of God's holy word? She said, well, every time you say that's not for us now, I rip that page out, figure why have it. She says, I'm trying to get it down to where, uh, you know, something works. And she said, after hearing your sermon today, I'm throwing the flaps away. So now what can I get? Because he's, he's basically used the word to debunk faith, to debunk, uh, believe in anything. And so, um, you know, if you're, if you're not careful, you just become, you stop being a Christian and become a real good Calvinist to where just God's God, what he's going to do, he's going to do. There's nothing you can do about it. It's set in stone, predestined, blah, 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 on and on, blah, 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 until at the end of that, you don't have faith in anything. And uh, so, and, and then I figure, just being a practical person, why pray if God's will is just set in stone? There's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can, you know, ask him to change or whatever. It's just everything that happens is for a reason. Everything that happens is God being God and doing his thing. Well, then why even bother asking him anything? Just just brace yourself for what's coming next. And uh, that's that's my, uh, I asked one person like that one time. I said, well, why pray? And they said, well, because he wants us to. So now we have God as this cruel dictator with a whip just running us, you know, ragged almost with uh, and testing us. And they say, well, he's doing this to show you who's boss. All that stuff is so bad, and yet it still permeates the church world. And uh, you can dress that up with a pretty hymn and put a cross on top of it and a wreath and a whatever and a butterfly and a plaque from the Christian bookstore, but it doesn't make it the gospel. Amen. So we need to look into the word of God, rightly dividing it, amen, and organizing it in our minds and hearts. And I'll just tell you this. Amy Simple McPherson said one time, she says, here's all the theology you need. Good God, bad devil. If it's from God, it's good. And if it's bad, it's from the devil. And you don't need to get those two confused. Cancer is not a blessing. <laughs> COVID is not a blessing. Uh, arthritis or like, uh, you know, our, our one dear sister that's fighting shingles. That's not a blessing of the Lord. You know, it keeps you home. You can't even go about your day. You can't come to church. Those things. That's how could that be God? You know, that is so crazy to me. And yet it is, it, it, again, it just permeates the church world. And some people just go with what's popular. Well, grandma believed this and mama believed it and it gave me that old time religion. It's good enough for me. Uh, that is just not right, is it? So I'm going to show you that God today, just a few minutes, God wants to bless you. He wants to. And uh, we need to take the brakes off and the limits off of God in our minds and hearts and let him be a blessing to our souls and to our minds. Amen. He does not want to harm us. You know, the word says, if if you being evil or carnal uh, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more does the heavenly father want to bless his children? Uh, if your child asks you for a fish, would you give him a scorpion? If if your child asks you for a piece of bread, would you give him a stone? And the answer is, of course not. You'd be considered cruel and inhumane and, and, and arrested and rightfully so. So praise God. God, you know, we, with all of our hang-ups and flaws, uh, you know, we try to be a blessing to our families, and sometimes we fail at that effort, but God never fails. How many know that? Jesus never fails. He has never failed God, never failed Jesus, never failed Bible, never failed faith. Well, I'm shouting myself. Praise the Lord. Look at Ephesians 1, verse 2. Ephesians 1, verse 2 through 9. We're going to read. There's that horrible G word. I heard one preacher, he's going to have a special guest in and he said, now, I don't want you using that G word around here. Well, you know, it's not a curse word, folks. It's a blessing. The grace of God. It wasn't for great. You know, the Bible tells us in Ephesians 2.8 that we're saved by grace. 
So it's got to be a good thing if it saves us. It's not the G word. Please don't hate it. Amen. Paul said, grace be to you and peace. Grace and peace, man. (laughs) Make love, not war. (laughs) Uh, From God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace from God. and See, God wants you to understand he's declaring peace between you and him. God's not warring against you. God's not testing you. James said, if a man is tested, don't, or tempted, don't let him say that it's the Lord doing it. For the Lord, cause if you, if you could, if, if the temptation or the test caused you to fail, you understand, then how caused you to fail, then God would be party to sin, wouldn't he? He would be the tempter. Did you know that God's not the tempter? He's also not the accuser of the brethren. Amen. So he says, this is, I love that grace and peace from God. Oh, thank you, Father God. Let's just praise him and thank him for this grace and this peace. Thank you, Lord, that you are not mad at us. Thank you that you're not warring against us. Thank you that you're not trying to see how you can punish us. But that punishment that should have been ours was put on Christ. Oh, praise God today. Lord, help us when we fail to forgive ourselves. You know, amen. Uh, to, to some people need to, I'm sure Pastor Scarlett with counseling has seen that, where people make mistakes and they realize it later and have regrets. And they, they have a hard time forgiving themselves, their selves sometimes. Amen. Anyway, uh, he's blessed us. He's blessed us. Hath blessed us. Say that's past tense. Say that. That's past tense. Not, Lord, please do it. Help me out. No, he has blessed us. Boy, if we could realize just that truth right there. It's the past tense. That'd be a good message sometime. The past tense of God's word. What's already occurred. What's already happened. We can praise him and thank him for that. Who have blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. According as he hath chosen us. In him before the foundation of the world. Amen. You, you didn't talk him into saving you by promising to do better. <laughs> While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That we should, that we should be holy and without blame, um, before him in love. We should be holy and without blame. Uh, how are we holy and without blame? Well, it's got to be something besides us. There's got to be an outside force that causes that. Amen. It is the grace of God. It is the finished work of Christ that causes us to be holy and without blame. It isn't our good works. Because if it would have been that, Paul could have quit with, with Judaism. Because he said, concerning the righteousness in the law, I'm blameless. So why didn't he just stop with that? You don't become holy and without blame by effort. You become holy and without blame by faith in Christ. Amen. Amen. Woo, praise God for his finished work. Thank God for righteousness. Thank God for his love. It's all about his love. Remember, God wants to bless you. Turn to your neighbor and say, God wants to bless you. Without blame before him in love, having predestined us there for the predestination people. Here's you a mess. Here's you a, uh, you know, here's you a, a, a great message for all you, you know, Calvinettes. Having predestined us unto the adoption of children. That doesn't sound like cancer. That doesn't sound like, uh, you know, automobile failure and, and uh, business failure, does it? Uh, adoption of children. If you adopted children and you put a, you, you broke their legs and put, punched one of their eyes out, you think you'd get by with that? People would say, well, I'm just doing it because I love them. I'm trying to teach them. And yet the church preaches that mess. Praise the Lord. God help us. If we could just read. You know, some preachers need to go to night school. And learn to read. Bless their hearts. They made it all the way through seminary and they can't read. 
You know, the government will pay you to go learn how to read. Hallelujah. You can get a little little $5, you know, gift certificate. And it's a free program, literacy program. Praise the Lord. Um, of course, there's no excuse. Even if you can't read, you can hear the Bible on tape or something, you know. You can still get it. But apparently they've lost, either that or they've lost their New Testament. That's another program we need to start. Sending out Bibles to pastors. Praise God. So they can read the Word. They've lost, they've lost their way. Uh, I'm not claiming that I know everything. I don't. But you know, we know some things. But by the Word of God, we're not ignorant. We're not ignorant. Don't have to be willingly ignorant. Oh, preach, pastor. Don't shout me down just because I'm being a blessing to you. <laughs> Having predestined us. Yeah, we're predestined. What? Under the adoption of children. Not to have all kinds of darkness come on us. In God is no darkness at all. He's only light. Woo! Just just what I've preached today so far, you could get healed on that. You could get blessed on that. You could pay off all your debt just on that. Having predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. Well, you know, you know, there are all kinds of families you could get adopted into, but I think some are better than others. <laughs> and some situations might be a little easier than others. Amen. But look who we've been adopted by. The Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Praise God. Pretty good adoption situation. According to the good pleasure of his will. Now, that's what I wanted to focus on. Amen. We're going to read down a couple of more verses. But I wanted you to see those words right there. If you have a pen or a yellow marker, mark it. Because I want you to see that, those words, according to the good pleasure of his will. In other words, because he wanted to. Now, if you get, when you get elected God, you can do what you want. Some people have Messiah, uh, syndrome, or they, or the complex. But, um, uh, you know, you're not God. Uh, we're in Christ. We're in God, but we're not God. Amen. He's God, and He did this. He predestined us to be His adopted children who knows how to give better gifts than we do. And because he's made us children, glory to God, when you get adopted, you take the name of the family. You're you're included in the inheritance. You're included in everything. Praise God. We're adopted. We're born again and adopted. It's great. We got a double whammy there. Adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good plan, because he wanted to. Well, I, I don't know why. You know, we sing that song, I don't know why Jesus loved me. Well, I know, because he wanted to. It says, according to the good pleasure of his will. He's the king. Praise God. He can do what he wants to do. To the praise of the glory of his grace. Whoo. I love Ephesians. It's so rich, isn't it? It's like reading E.W. Kenyon or something. It gets really deep. Wherein he hath made us barely tolerable in the beloved. Is that what it says? No, has made us accepted in the beloved. How about that? We've been accepted. It's a great day, you know, when some college student comes all excited. They, the university or the school they wanted to go to, they get an acceptance letter. I've been accepted. Amen. That doesn't mean you just pass something. It means you can come and be a part. We've been accepted. We're a part of God's family. We've been accepted into his adoption program. 
hey, this is pretty good preaching, you know. You don't just get this everywhere. You get the merit program checklist, you know, examine yourself. I said some churches, they look like the primate. Spiritually, they look like the primate section at the zoo. You ever seen, you ever watched monkeys? They sit by each other and they, 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 one starts, you know, they'll start picking stuff off of themselves and pretty soon they're picking stuff off of their, their neighbor. This is what merit system church does. We're a bunch of monkeys. First examine yourself and see what's the flaw and then examine your neighbor. <laughs> yep. Primate Christian Center. Yeah. Made us accepted. Oh, my mind just goes bad places. All right. I have to keep the mind of Christ. Wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. Oh, we're accepted. God accepts us. He's not like, he doesn't just barely tolerate us, but he accepts us. That right there, again, these points are just phenomenal to me from the word. Uh, verse seven, in whom, in, in him, see, we have, brother Hagen said that's one of the greatest revelations you can get is the in him revelation. Now that's really true. You ought to study, take up, you can Google it. You don't even have to get the big concordance out anymore, but you can Google the words in him or or by him or in whom or by whom and go through every scripture in the Bible. That'd be a good year-long study. And every, write down or mark every scripture that has in him or by him. In fact, there's a little mini book. We need to order some for you to have. But there's a little mini book that Brother Hagen produced years ago called In Him. And it's all those in him scriptures are listed there. But in whom is part of it too. We have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. The G word there again. Wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will. Now, how many know that a will remains sealed? Usually, smart people do it. There's a will. Let them fight and argue after you're gone. You don't have to listen to it. But the the will is not read, legally read and executed until the testator of the will has died. Testator meaning the, the testament, the testament person, the last will and testament of the testator. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So it's a mystery until the person that, that made the will dies. And then the will is read. It's no longer a mystery. It's out in the open. It could be if they're famous enough and there's enough money, it could be printed in the newspaper. The will. Well, praise God, Jesus died on the cross and the will was read and primarily given to the Apostle Paul. And he has been trying to tell us for centuries what the will is and the church fights it. That's too good to be true. I know it's just amazing, isn't it? That'd be like somebody, an attorney contacting you, you know, or you when they say, ask your name. Yes. Okay. Well, uh. Give me your date of birth and you tell them, okay, yeah, that's you. I need you to come in the office. You know, your great uncle left you something in his will. And you go over there and it's, you know, it's $40 million or something. Well, that would be awesome. (laughs) What we could do with that for the kingdom. Praise God. Could reach a whole nation with that kind of money. Well, it says, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, cats out of the bag. Now, see again, uh, uh, all this, all this mystery uh, sh- sh- 
enshrouding God, well, you never know what he's going to do. You know, he doesn't always tell you. And blah, 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 blah. Mystery, 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 weird, weird, weird. Notice here, he's made known unto us the mystery of his will. It's no longer a mystery if it's been made known. <laughs> that Right? It's been revealed. Woo! Somebody say good preaching. According, according to what? His good pleasure. Because he wanted to. Which he hath purposed in himself. He decided, he purposed, this is what I want to do. And I'm in charge. How many believe God's in charge? I'm in charge and I can do it. And I'm gonna. People say, well, don't forget, Brother David, that God is sovereign. Yes, that makes it even better. Sovereign God purposed he was gonna have it this way and he got his way. What God wants, God gets. How many believe that? What God wants, God gets. God's bigger than the devil. God's bigger than trial. God's bigger than tribulation. God's bigger than flood and fires and storms and marauding groups of crazy people, whatever. God is bigger and greater. And sovereign God, yes, 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 sovereignites, God is sovereign. But sovereign God put this Bible in our hands. And sovereign God, I'm glad you brought that up. If you bring up sovereign to me, I'll preach to you for three hours. Yes, amen. God is sovereign and God, when God can do anything he wants. That's exactly right. That's why this is so beautiful. Sovereign God could have said, I'm sick of them. I'm wiping them out. I'm picking up Noah's ark and bringing them to heaven. But he didn't. Hallelujah. He, before the foundations of the earth, he said, I'm going to have a family. I'm going to have a people. I'm going to bless them and I'm going to raise them up. And, and folks from other religions are going to see them and be jealous of them. That's what God said. Woo! Preach, Horton. Third John 2. Look over there real quick. See what the Bible says in Third John 2. It's got some strong language. Beloved. Say, say, that means me. That means me, beloved. Not tolerated. Oh, tolerated. (laughs) Barely tolerated. No, beloved, I wish above all things. Now, it would have been great if he just said, I wish this blessing on you. But uh, again, when I say he, I, I believe that the Bible is inspired by words of God, by the Holy Spirit. Men wrote it down and, you know, it got printed out. But, but I look at it as a word from God, not just John here. Amen. Well, that's John. He was fallible. You, you know, what does that have to do with anything? I wish above all things. Above, wow. Above all things. That makes this number one priority. Number one priority, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. Well, how does our soul prosper? By hearing the word, by speaking the word, by doing the word, amen. By worshiping God, by being one with him in communion, amen. Even just taking communion, that's not just a dead ritual, We are actually joining together as the body of Christ, joining in his sufferings, remembering his death. Praise God, that strengthens us. I know that seems weird how how a death and and bleeding and suffering could could bring strength, but in this case of Christ, it does. Amen. And uh and we and we remember that it's not our merit. We didn't buy our salvation. They used to have, in a colonial America, they, the pews were bought by families and, you know, like his, 
depending on how much money you gave, was where you sat in the church. And they even have little, if you've been like in New England, some of those churches, they even have little doors on the, <laughs> leading into the, like, it, it's like a solid wall down the middle aisle. There's a little flapper door there, you know, to get into the pew. And uh, in the old days, it's, they no longer do this, but in the old days, you know, that was like how you sat in the church, you know. And uh, I, I just wonder if anybody in those days might have gotten confused about what it means to, to be saved. You know, maybe it's, well, if we pay enough money, we can get saved. That's sad because then you get into one step further, you're into indulgences and you're paying grandma out of hell. I don't know if I trust my relatives to pay me out of hell. You know, I, I think a few of them might send me there. <laughs> special order. Make sure he gets special treatment, you know. There's a special place in hell for you, you know. Glory to God. See, and I've heard people even slaughter this verse by saying, well, it's even as thy soul prospereth. And how do you do that? You got to go through a lot of rigmarole to do that. No, it's just daily. How does your, how does your body prosper? And, you know, how does your health every day you do healthy things every day? You know, you, you eat properly and get some exercise and get some air in your lungs. Amen. And, uh, think good things and say good things and, have joy even if somebody else doesn't. I can't control what others do. If you try, you get in, you become codependent and then you have to go hire Scarlet to counsel you out of it. John 3.16. Again, God wants to bless you. Can you see that from these verses? John 3.16. You're not trying, when you ask God to help you with your mortgage or help you with your home or help you with your car payment or whatever else, you're not asking him to do something that he doesn't want to do. Well, I don't know if he wants me to really be that happy. Well, you're saying that because you have forgotten. You know what, you know what Jesus said about hard-heartedness? He said to the disciples, and this was on his way on the ascension, he said, you have become hard-hearted because you have forgotten the miracle of the loaves and fishes. Now, isn't that interesting? He didn't say, you have forgotten how I cleansed the lepers, even though he did. You have forgotten how I forgave the adulterous woman, even though he did. You have forgotten how I, you know, turned water into wine. None of those miracles. He said, you have forgotten the the miracles of loaves and fishes. You have forgotten, in other words, the largesse of God. You have forgotten the, the, the extravagance of what God will do. And he said, that's why you become hard-hearted. So you become hard-hearted towards God, and you feel like you're no longer approaching him as a loving, giving father who has, because he wanted to, adopted you <laughs> into his family. You're treating him, you're, it's almost rude. Really, it's, you know, it hurts parents' hearts when they try to do things for their children and their children come back at them with, I don't want, I don't want this. You think I need this. I don't need what you are giving me. You know, there's some kind of contention there. Somebody's, somebody is offended at something. And if you're not careful, you start talking to God like that. Well, I hate to bother you. That's rude. That'd be like a, a child calling you, hey, I hate to bother you. You're never bothering me. It's a thrill when one of my children contact me. It's wonderful. Praise God forevermore. All right. John 3.16. For God so had to figure out. Now, I got taught this too, that, you know, after... God, you know, God put Adam and Eve in the garden and they messed up. So after that, God had to come up with plan B of what to do. And so in heaven, they had an emergency meeting, what to do. Well, Jesus, we're going to vote for you to go be killed. And after that, 
will accept them. Because either that or wipe out the whole project. But um, that is not what the Bible says. Because we just read from the foundation, before the foundations of the earth, all this love plan was launched. For God so loved the world. See, see, salvation is not the story of our failure. Salvation is the story of his success. That's a good point. For God so loved the world. Why did he do it? Because he wanted to. And he loved us. That he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, turn to uh, Timothy 6.17. I'm sorry, 1 Timothy. Real quick. Woo, glory. 1 Timothy Oh, I'm in 2 Timothy. Don't you hate that when that happens? 6, 7. Is that right? 1 Timothy 6, 17. Yes. Charge them that are rich in this world. I love that. Charge them. Praise God. Send them a bill. No. (laughs) Charge them that are rich in this world. That they be not rich anymore because it's horrible. Is that what it says? No, that they be not high-minded. Nor trust in uncertain riches. I've seen that. I've seen wealthy people who, for whatever reason, you know, they weren't wealthy anymore. And it can be devastating to them. They don't even know how to function. But he says for us not to trust in riches. You know, God doesn't care that we have them. He just doesn't want us trusting in them. Our faith needs to remain in him, the blesser, not in the blessing. So he says, charge them. (laughs) I love that, charge them. That they be not high-minded. And I've been around that before, too. And that's what turns some people off to rich. If they've been around a rich person that's high-minded and kind of snotty about it, then they go, well, you know, the whole thing is distasteful. But the thing is, I've been around poor people that were high-minded. I've been, I've been chewed out by poor people. I've, I've preached Mark 11, 24 about God giving you the desires of your heart and had the poorest person in the church chew me out. So, you know, Poverty is not a blessing. You can't find that in the Word. It's not in the Old or New Covenant. But you understand that it is possible by becoming wealthy to become high-minded. Well, somebody might say, well, I don't even care if I have anything anymore. You know, you get, you're not careful. You get high-minded about not having enough. I'm telling you, pride, you don't want to mess with pride at all. Don't be proud of what you have. But don't be proud of what you're willing to do without either. I think that's a good way to say that. I don't think I've ever said that before. But that's really true. I've you ever been around somebody that was proud of what they didn't have. Proud of what I don't need. Well, there's a pride there that's going to go before a fall too. Pride is pride. You've got to stay away from it. Well, I'll tell you what, one thing. I am so humble. (laughs) See, the problem with accepting the humility award is that it's difficult to hang on to it because you get prideful that you've been chosen for your humility. And so, again, you can be, I have you ever seen folks that were proud of being poor? And and I'm pr- I'm proud to say our family's never owned a plug nickel. Well, great, but you know you're still into you, that's high mindedness. I'm better than other people because of what I'm willing to do without. Well, that's a problem too. How about we stay out of all that and just trust God, Amen? And quit judging everybody else, what you think is beneath or above you. Nor trust. 
in uncertain riches, but in the living God, because he's never going to fail. The stock market might fail. It has on occasion. How many know that? You know, and, and, and depending on this election, you better be praying about the stock market. People say, well, that's Wall Street. I live on Main Street. Well, Main Street is affected by Wall Street. So don't get all weird. See, that's the message. Here's a word from the Lord. Don't be weird. That should have been like a warning to the whole charismatic movement when it started is, okay, have all this manifestation, but don't become weird because some of them did. Spookier than Halloween at midnight. I've been in meetings where I felt like I should have brought my cross and garlic. (laughs) And keep the hammer and stake in the trunk in case it gets really out of hand. One lady told me, it was funny, me and some preachers, we were out at a conference, a nice conference. This woman came up, wild, charismatic lady. She said, the Lord just showed me. I'm going to, before he comes back, I'm going to walk up the wall and across the ceiling and down the other side. And uh, and I'm thinking, kind of like that movie, The Fly, you know, with Jeff Goldblum. You know, he walks up. I'm thinking like, I'm thinking of an insect. And then... A friend of mine, a preacher, said, well, there's a lot of television light. It was a ministry, television ministry. There's a lot of television. There's a lot of cable and equipment. You don't want to get tangled up in that. You know, we were warning her of how to walk over the ceiling. I'm thinking, you, you're talking about a way to clear the room. Have grandma start walking on the wall. I'm out of there. You can stay if you want. And I'm thinking, and they call us nuts for preaching grace? You've got to be kidding. we got to read this, don't we? Okay. But in the living God, and I want you to see just this part. See, it is, it, it, he's not preaching against having anything here. If you stopped anywhere in this verse prematurely, you're going to get the wrong impression. Keep reading. But in the living God... Who giveth us all richly, richly, not just barely enough to get by, richly all things to enjoy. To enjoy. Get richly gives us all things to enjoy. So, you know, whatever you have and whatever the Lord's blessed you with, why don't you start enjoying it? You know, you get a nice meal, enjoy it. Have a party uh, around it. Be joyful. Well, I don't know if I deserve this. You probably don't, but enjoy it anyway. God gives you richly all things to enjoy, not makes you earn it and see if you deserve it. You understand? I was out, I was out golfing one time at a beautiful golf course in Alabama with a, a person. And a Calvinist who said to me, now Calvinist will be Debbie Downers really quickly. I mean, they, you know, they'll bring up the negative. Well, you never, you know, like, like Eeyore the donkey, you know, they, they bring their dark cloud right with them. And, uh, anyway, we're out golfing and enjoying a beautiful scenery and everything. And this, this, this person said to me, I said, uh, he said, boy, this is a beautiful golf course. I said, yeah, it's really nice. Nice club and everything. He said, um, I said, well, praise God for it. He says, but do we deserve it? See, it's, it's that, it's that, it's always that deserve. I'm telling you, that religion is steeped in that stuff. It's merit, deserve, doesn't deserve stuff. And if somebody gets something that looks like they don't deserve, well, that sister led better. She, you know, I mean, if anybody's a saint, it's her. You know, she certainly doesn't deserve arthritis. She certainly doesn't deserve what she got. And so when we get into who deserves what, well, why do you think, well, the Lord in his goodness, you know, decided that's what she needed to be tested. Ah! 
It gets crazy quick like wacko. Wacko from Waco. If you're ever in a meeting like that and they start serving Kool-Aid, get out. You have to be careful with Kool-Aid at meet at church meetings. Because it can go bad. I love this. Who giveth, I'm preaching too long today, aren't I? Sorry. Who giveth us richly all things to feel bad that we have. No, all things to enjoy. Amen. God wants us to enjoy life. And if you don't, I don't know what to tell you. God bless you. You ain't raining on my parade. Romans 8, 32. Um, he, see, that's why I wanted to read John three sixteen because it says he gave us, what did he give us? His best. He's already given us the best gift. How many believe Jesus is the best gift you could have? If you have Jesus, you already have everything else. So it says here, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all all things? That's the question. How shall he not? Well, that's one of those rhetorical, how is a tough question. Like Jesus said to the disciples on the lake, you know, how is it that you have no faith? Oh my gosh, that's one of those horrible questions, you know. How, how, how is this possible that you have no faith? So here we have, how would it be possible that if he already gave us Jesus, that he would not also freely give us all things? It's not possible, is it? If he already gave us the best, what's, what's a, what's a new, what's a new car compared to Jesus? What's a new home compared to Jesus? What's a, a new set of clothes or a piece of jewelry compared to Jesus? It's worthless. It's nothing. It's, it's, it's burned up at the end. It doesn't matter. You understand? But then we make such a big deal about those things, one way or the other. Either somebody, you know, doesn't feel like they deserve anything. I, you know what, let me tell you what to do about that. Just go ahead and count yourself as unworthy and undeserving until Christ came. Because that's the truth. We should, we should sing that old song, I should have been crucified. He went to the cross for me. Hallelujah. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood for me. The blood came streaming down for me. They nailed him to a cross for me. He's coming back again for me. Hallelujah. So just get over your who deserves what doctrine and just say, none of us, that that's the beauty of grace. That's why it took grace. Grace is the strongest thing to overcome it all. That's why, because, because, Everybody's going to fail according to the law. Our mouths are shut according to Romans. And we stand in front of it completely condemned, completely wiped out. Right? And that's the beauty of grace. Comes along, swallows it all up, and makes us his own family. Wow. She changed the name of the church to Grace. Wow. I had a I had word of faith, word of faith. That's what my brother Hagin used to say. Assemblies of God, you know. But word of faith, preacher, said, what did you, what did you name your church? In, in, um, what did you name your church? I said, we named it Grace. You know, I just said the word Grace. I didn't even get harvest out. Grace. Oh, no, you didn't. Oh, no. Please tell me you didn't name it that. I said, it's a great word. It's in the Bible and everything. <laughs> word of faith. Please tell me you didn't name it that. Well, I did. 
That same person called me on the phone after Cherie passed away and said, please get rid of that church. I said, no, what is wrong with you? So I finally just, you know, then I didn't get invited back there for a while. But, you know, come on, people. What are we doing here? Are we going to keep the merit system going? Hallelujah. If we want to really make marks for God, we need to get into Christ and into grace big time. And then it's, it's, the Bible tells us how that we will be inspired from our hearts to do good works. I'm not against good works. What, what's the opposite of good works? Bad ones. Well, we got plenty of folks doing that this year. I would be honest with you though. I think, can I just get political for two seconds? I think that all that quarantine helped with the rioting because I think people were, especially young folks were so pent up, you know, and, and, and locked up in a, you know, some little studio apartment somewhere. So many and, uh, no job, no nothing, no school, nothing to do, no work, no job, no, no, no play, nowhere to go hang out or you can't go to the beach. You can't go anywhere. And I'm telling you, you got folks that are young with pent up energy. And that's just, that's a, that's a disaster waiting to happen. And then some bad, some bad information and politics on, on, on top of it. And you create a disaster. So I don't know. I guess they had to do it. I don't, you know, they're going to debate the rest of our, all of our lives will be debated whether the shutdown was necessary. But I think it, it's just one thing after another. Anyway, I didn't mean to get into that. <laughs> into that glory to god it's time for david to shut up okay praise the lord joe biden told the president to shut up he needs to tell the pastor to shut up because just everybody shut up <laughs> ah, glory to god let's lift our hands and thank god for the word Thank you, Lord. And Lord, I am ready to receive all of your blessings. Everything you want to do for me, let me not be like the children of Israel and limit the Lord God. I don't want my lack of faith or religion or whatever to get in the way of your blessing in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. I'm going to pray for those that are watching by Internet. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your healing touch today. Those that need a healing, need a blessing, need finances, need a job, need things to change. In the name of Jesus, Father, I thank you for your increased favor and blessing on all those that are watching. Healing and health and prosperity and answers and favor and uh, changes. In Jesus' name, we give you praise and honor. Amen. Praise the Lord.